Traveling the Vortex We've joined Dr. Who Am I as he travels to conventions and arrive at episode 536. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How goes it, guys? Pretty good. You guys watching anything uh, special recently? I've been catching up on a lot of uh, Criterion shows, trying to uh, get through my list, which was, uh, you know, the Criterion Challenge from 2021. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're about two years behind. Yes, at this rate, it'll be 2025 before I finish, but uh, I am working on it. But I'm seeing a lot of stuff I've never seen before, which is cool. I watched uh, Stagecoach today. I love Stagecoach. And, uh, God, I love that movie. You know, it's funny. It's a great I'm, film. I'm, I'm a sucker for classic westerns too. It, it really is. It's a it's a great film. Amazingly put together. All these years, I was aware that this is where the the Raiders stunt comes from, with Indy under the truck. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces of the clip from Stagecoach with that stunt. It wasn't until today, watching the film in its entirety, that it's not John Wayne no. under that stagecoach. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I, I knew it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been actually John Wayne. It would have been right, a stuntman. Right, right. But no, it's not. I always thought it was his character. No, it's, it's not, not his character. <laughs> it's, it's, it's some you know Apache Indian jumps on the thing and then goes under the under the wheels. And I'm like, oh, learn something every day. <laughs> what about you, Keith? Uh, I got one episode left of the live action Cowboy Bebop. And I have absolutely loved it so far. It's been so, so well done and so good. But I, I'm still, you know, I could still screw it up in the last episode. But <laughs> I, I've, I've been okay with all the changes that I remember from anime and have thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel like this is the point where we should probably sit down and have a talk. <laughs> Am I going to be disappointed? I feel like this is the point where we should sit down and have a talk. <laughs> it's it's not disappointing from the standpoint that they screwed it up. It's disappointing from the standpoint that we're not going to get more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that, which makes me a little worried that they decided to leave it on a cliffhanger, thinking they're going to get another season. This is the point where we should probably sit down and have a talk. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's been about it. I uh, a Star Wars book. Yeah. I was in and out of consciousness most of, most of the week after my surgery, so I didn't get a chance to watch much. I tried to watch Elvis, but um, I'm going to have to go back and try again because I slept through parts of it. Um, and then I actually got watched a uh, documentary called The Long Shot. Have you guys seen this? It's a Netflix mm -hmm. documentary, um, and it's, uh, it's about a guy that was accused of a murder, murdering a girl. And he, you know, claimed he didn't do it. And what his attorney said that, you know, they, he, he's going to get him off. And it was determined that the guy's alibi ends up being that he was at a Dodgers game on the day that, it, on the night that it happened, which is like a hundred miles from where this actually happened at. And so the lawyer goes through like dozens of, of Dodgers tapes in order to try to find this guy on tape so he can prove that this guy was at the game with his daughter and 
you know, he's kind of given up hope because they haven't found anything. And then somebody realized that on that day, or somebody remembered that on that day, they were shooting an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm for HBO. And they remembered where they were shooting and, and it was during a live game. So they were having to, you know, kind of regulate the flow of people walking up and down the aisle. And anyway, he goes through the, he gets permission from HBO to go through those tapes and he finds the guy on the tape. And huh. so it ends up that and another bit of circumstance with the cell phone uh, calls that he had made um, got him off, which was really, really, really interesting. And they've got Larry, you now Larry David's on there talking. Uh, he doesn't do a lot, but he, he makes some little funny remarks. Uh, the PA, who's the guy that he wasn't supposed to let anybody walking, walk through at the time that Larry David's coming up the steps. And he just ended up letting, he happened to let this guy and his daughter through to get back to their seats as Larry David's coming up. And that's why he ends up being on the camera. (laughs) And so it was just like a complete fluke that had happened, but it's a really, really interesting documentary. That's it. Of course, we'll be gearing up for our Oscar watches as we're taking part in the pod versus pod contest again this year. We are? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I know we are. <laughs> Have you missed a meeting? We're going <laughs> to join the Facebook group yet. We're going to uh, win this year so that the other team can watch a maybe not so crappy movie. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it depends on the movie we choose. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. This is our year. You were invited on an adventure across all of time and space in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Hooniverse. On Shuffle, the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. All right, let's move on to news. Well, they just announced today that Season 9 is going to be the next Blu-ray collection. That's John Pertwee's season. Yay! Yay! I told you so. (laughs) 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 I did realize, though, you guys probably saw later, I did realize that the the Colin Colin Baker season that I said was coming out this year actually came out last year. So I'm kind of two for three, but... 
the, you still uh, predicted it. I did, but the uh, it being released. The uh, William Hartnell uh, set came out in between those, so and I didn't predict that one. So I just appreciate that. I, I mean, for those of you who know him, you, we all know that Glenn is kind of a very insufferable know-it-all. <laughs> okay. But what, I, what, what I really appreciate is the fact that he saved his. He went back and found the screenshot. <laughs> yeah, screen, screenshot the images that said, this is what's coming out. From two years ago. Sh- from two years ago, and then shared it with us today and went, huh, I was right. And it's like, yes, Glenn, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> As I was going back through that thread, I also saw where I was talking about what they would probably do with some of the Hartnell and, and uh, Trout and stuff. And I, we may have talked about this when they talked when they released the, the details of the uh, Patrick Trout and uh, series two was a series two that we're getting. Yeah, it must be. Yes. And then, uh, I had said that I, I almost guarantee they're not going to, they're going to go ahead and release either season one sans Marco Polo and put that truncated, um, retcon that they put on, or uh, not retcon, um, reconstruction that they put on the, uh, beginning box set, or they were going to release season two and just give us a, um, uh, reconstruction version of um, the crusade, which is what they ended up doing as well. So I even kind of got that right as well. It's it's so insufferably frustrating <laughs> because I, I I can't argue with you. You you went and got the proof. You backed it up, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Harriet Jones. Yes, we know who you are. <laughs> I feel like I'm tooting my horn too much. <laughs> no, don't don't you dare stop. <laughs> are you are you kidding? Like I don't rub it in every time it's an Easter Saturday. I mean, yeah, come on, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, coming soon to a Blu-ray near you: Day of the Daleks, Curse of Peladon, the Sea Devils, the Mutants, and the Time Monster. Very excited. So what that'll leave, uh, that leaves, well, if for us, that will be what? Season two? No. Season three? It's season three. Well, yes. Season three. Because they'll season have three, two, three, three and us, four. Because it's series nine, or season nine for the UK. So Correct. we still need season one of his. So, yeah. Season one's the only one. One no, and five. No, no, no wait. Yeah. One wait, and did five. Did he have five seasons? Oh, he did have five seasons. I was thinking he only had four. Nope. Five. Okay. Yeah, we, we have all, well, we will have all of Joe. We don't have any of Pertwee with uh, Sarah Jane or any of Pertwee with uh, Liz. Liz Shaw, yeah. At least not yet. Not yet. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done the first season yet, considering, you know, the first story is already on Blu-ray. Right. Spearhead. That's an uh, easy conversion. Yeah. Spearhead was <laughs> shot on film. So it's already been converted. A, yeah. Change the artwork on it and call it good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the impetus, and I, I hesitate to say this, um, but since. Getting the bonus features recorded with uh, yeah. Katie Manning while she's still with us. Yeah. Yeah. Since we, since we don't have. Elizabeth Slayton or uh, that's a good point I hadn't thought of that because both of those yeah both of those passed away already both those gals and a lot of the extra unit actors you know 
are still around that are more prominent later in the series. Right, right. Yeah, because they could bring uh, John Levine and, and uh, oh gosh, Mike Yates. Oh, his... Richard Franklin. Thank you, Richard, Richard Franklin. Franklin. To do some of that. Which they did, it looks like, for the uh, for this box set. Oh, did they? I didn't see that. That's cool. Oh, in, the, in the trailer, there's a shot of John Levine walking with uh, Oh, that's right. Face? Yeah, okay. I do remember that. Uh, yeah. T- uh, to- uh, Toby Haydock, yeah, Toby Haydock. Yeah, what'd you think of the uh, what'd you think of the trailer? The uh, oh, <laughs> the story that they uh, put surrounding that. I like. I have to admit, I teared up a little bit when uh, uh, Joe uses the sonic screwdriver and the or not sonic screwdriver, sonic lip, lipstick, and then you know looks up and says, "Thanks, Sarah Jane." Oh, yeah, so nice. And then the. Um, Little uh, nod to, uh, well, Cliff at the end. Who? Um, well, he just put, let's see, he passed away. Was it just last year that he died? Yeah, he was just recently. Stuart Bevan. Yeah. Two nice little moments, surrounded by a, a really kind of neat little story about them finding the little sea devil egg. I think the first spinoff I... that RTD needs to do is Defenders of the Earth. <laughs> Call it Defenders of the Earth. And uh, have Joe Grant and just make it like a Sarah Jane Adventures, but all, you know, like Earth-based with aliens that are here, that come here already. We can even have Ace go up, be a part of that. Have who? Ace. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm down. Bring it. I just want to reiterate a thought that I saw on Facebook, which was, these are not trailers. These are canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are until they aren't. Well, they picked up uh, the thread from the seventh Doctor one with Ace for um, Power of the Doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I'm saying. They are until they aren't. <laughs> they all say who is Doctor Who? Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram, putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories. So you don't have to. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex. All right. Well, nothing else in the news this week. So should we move on to our review? Doctor, who am I? I feel like I don't want to regard myself as a fan. I'd rather be the one who's worshipped. Worshipped or blamed. I think at the end of the day, probably both. I wrote The Eighth Doctor. 
played by Paul McGann. It's a bit of a responsibility, I think, that we have. You know, stories are powerful. Mythologies are powerful. My job was to write a TV movie pilot with the hope that it would spawn a new American Doctor Who series. The American fans, they are the diehards. There's a whole community of people that do this. They love the thing that society says you shouldn't love as much as you do. I didn't go to conventions for a very good reason. Be nice. I thought the fans would kill me. The doctor being half human, please punch me in the face. People universally went after the script. I got physically assaulted by someone who was so angry at the idea that the doctor would kiss. No sex, please. He's Matthew Jacobs. My father was an actor. He was in an early Doctor Who adventure called The Gunfighters. It'd be fantastic on The Gunfighters, because you're going to go back to your boyhood memories. I really don't want to do The Gunfighters panel. It's freaking me out. I was pouring myself into that character. I got so close. And then I got left behind. Maybe I'm regenerating. Doctor Who has helped a lot of people find who they are. This is a giant family, and it's full of love. Woo! The sense of community and companionship. That's what I enjoy the most about it. You go for the fans. You're a part of this now. I think at the end of the day, I'm a bigger fan than I knew. At some point or other in our lives, we all ask the same question. Who am I? An infamous Doctor Who screenwriter is reluctantly dragged into the American Hooniverse in this funny and moving documentary about finding family in the unlikeliest of places. This was so well done. It's amazing how much of a journey he actually goes on with this. Mm-hmm. Because he kind of... Him and some of the people he initially starts talking to come off a little unlikable. And yeah. you really do start to grow to like most of them throughout the movie. Especially him. It's a little reminiscent of Shatner's um, Get a Life book, where mm -hmm. he specifically focuses on the, the Star Trek conventions and going from a thing that he kind of sort of tolerated to actually enjoying going to... Um, and watching Jacob's going to go through this and, and maybe not without reason for, you know, kind of wanting to keep it at arm's distance, at least initially, you know, being blamed, which we've always said is, you know, a lot of nonsense when it comes to the Doctor Who movie. But, right. um, you know, being blamed for some of the choices that were made uh, in it. And um, well, to, I, to be fair, I, I don't I won't I think blame is a strong word. But he is the reason for the the things that are revealed in that movie that people don't like about that movie. So I mean, the onus right. is on him. It, it is on his back for that. I don't. I, I think blame's a strong word because we don't have issue with that. We don't have issue with those trying those ideas. They didn't end up going anywhere. They didn't end up exploring that anymore because there was such a backlash. But I don't think that. I mean. I certainly think that, um, oh gosh, what's the producer? Um, uh, Philip Siegel. Yeah, Seymour. Or Siegel. Uh, Siegel. 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 <laughs> uh, I think he, I think he sort of 
in this movie, when he goes to see him, when uh, Jacobs goes to see him, I had sort of hoped that there, here, here's where I'm going to come from for this, because I'm, I'm going to take this a little different. I didn't, I wasn't as impressed with this. I think it's a good documentary. I just had hoped that Jacobs had gone further. I had hoped that Jacobs mm-hmm. had come mm-hmm. around to more than he did. I sort of felt like in this whole documentary, I think he's, he feels like he's going through the motions, not like he's like faking his sort of comeback and, and realization that, it, you know, it isn't as bad. He didn't need to keep fandom at arm's length because he really didn't, but it doesn't, he does it's, I'm not convinced by his, at least his demeanor or his presentation by the end of this movie that he's really kind of come around as much as I wanted him to. And maybe that's because my expectations of that were higher and you can't, you can't fake that just to make a good documentary because you're trying to be as faithful to reality as, as possible. But unfortunately, because he doesn't come back around so much, I didn't feel as fulfilled as the Shatner one where I think you feel like, although maybe Shatner kind of, you know, played it up a little bit because he's more of an actor, but I really kind of felt like Shatner had Shatner had come back around, you know, more so and, and was a lot more warm about it. I just didn't feel like that from Jacobs, but I don't think it's entirely his fault because I think that's just sort of his personality. I think he's one of those kind of guys that no matter who you are, he kind of has a, he he seems like an introvert and he has a bit of a kind of standoffish personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I, to me, it felt like this, I had hoped this would go further and I don't feel like it did. It wasn't as fulfilling as I felt that it, it could have been, but again, you can't force that kind of thing. Um, I think what I really enjoyed about it was I hadn't been to a convention and specifically a Doctor Who convention for so long. It was nice to see the <laughs> you know convention um, goers and costumes and that kind of stuff. So that was neat. It was well, we'll have to go back. It could have, it could have, you know, focused a little bit more on well. It, it rightfully so, you know, focused on the fans. It didn't seem to focus on as much on his interactions with a lot more of them. I think if they could have done that and see him warm up to the people that are coming up to talk to him, it would have maybe made his, you know, the ending feel a little more earned. Yeah. So here's the thing is, if you're going to go <laughs> to... That's the problem. Well, that's just it. If you're going to shoot that much video to get this kind of story to tell this kind of story uh, makes me wonder if they didn't have enough of that interact because they, they have some of it, but they, I'm wondering if they didn't have enough and maybe it is the, the document documentary makers, you know, problem. I mean, I guess Jacobs was one of the directors on this, but maybe it was their issue that they didn't use enough of that if it's there, but if it, they didn't use it, it almost makes me think there wasn't enough of that. And so, Again, that kind of exactly it wasn't as or or yeah, or they yeah, right. Because if he had been received more warmly by more people, they probably would have put that in the documentary. But because it it is so few and far between, I just feel like maybe they didn't get everything out of that that they wanted and they just did what they could with what they got. I don't know. I I could be wrong. I think it's a good movie, and I I enjoyed hearing from Daphne Ashbrook again. I enjoyed hearing from um, uh, Paul McGann a little bit in there, and 
I, I kind of would have liked to have heard more from them, but they, I mean, this story isn't about them. It's about Jacob. So it makes sense that they're not in it more than they are, but. It's interesting from the standpoint that I, I, first of all, we'll have to go back and, and rewatch it uh, and, and do frame by frame because Mel and I have to be in the background of pretty much every single shot that they filmed because we were at Galley the year that they, they did this. I'm looking at these people in costumes going, I remember that. I have photos of that person. I, you know, so we're there somewhere. Uh, well, as far half, as the only half of that, only, only half of that is, um, Galley. The other is L.I. Who. Yeah, the other some is L.I. Who. Some of that was shot at L.I. Who. Now, the L.I. Who sequences were not in. Because <laughs> we haven't made it out there yet. I'm working on it, Ken. But, uh, but yeah, the, the Galley ones, we are. And that's the convention that I actually caught up with them and, and talked to him and you know kind of gave him my thesis on we wouldn't have new Who without Doctor Who the movie because there's so much that the new series borrows from it. And I had this conversation with him and he, he seemed genuinely touched, but there was no camera crew around at the time that I, I, I told him that. So I don't know if they'd already knocked off for the day or if they were shooting B roll somewhere else in the building or what. He certainly didn't say to me, wait right here. Let me go grab these guys. And you can say that again on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting so I, is that, that is reiterated to him on camera by somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt justified in my opinion going, oh, thank goodness I'm not the only one that feels this way. And was it him that kind of starts to bring that up initially? Or am I remembering that wrong? At one of the I, panels I, he was at. I, uh, I think it's in, in defense when uh, the the people's house that he goes right, to are kind yeah. of openly attacking him on the couch. Well, the, the one guy for sure. Seemed an the odd inclusion. Guy was a more dip, dip, diplomatic, but. Yeah. yeah, it seemed an odd inclusion for that bit, honestly. <laughs> Well, maybe, I, maybe if you open with that and then go to the con, you, you can see the progression of him a little bit more. From... Well, and that was another That's... thing is I felt that the the pacing and the structure of it could have been improved upon. Um, yeah. It, it felt at, at times it felt a bit disjointed. I think that I am not a documentary filmmaker, but I think having been in the news business, we I think we're at least a little more qualified at this than even maybe movie, real movie, like or a fictionist movie productions. But I think I would have chosen to edit the narrative a little differently than they did in this because this it just felt a little conjoined and didn't didn't flow as as smoothly as I think it could have. Mm -hmm. It did seem to jump all over the place. I'll agree with that as well. I also think it was interesting that they actually went to Eric Roberts' house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, co color me shocked. I was like, oh, you're in this, okay. <laughs> and how fondly he talked of the conventions and the yeah. Well, he talks finally well, he about his when he's not there. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping, I don't know, I'm really hoping that Eric Roberts, like Shatner before him, just had a couple of bad experiences and has started to warm up because I have another friend that went and saw him and I think he was at a Crypticon and uh, he, he told him how much he enjoyed his version of the master. And he says Eric Roberts lit up and started talking and how much he loved doing it. Maybe it's the big finish effect that now that he's <laughs> he's done it a little bit more, that, that he's more comfortable with it and, and more open to it. I don't know. I've heard the I'd same. Like I've that. heard the same that in, in the last five yeah. or ten years, he's been a lot more receptive at conventions. So. Maybe he just had a bad flight at that galley. Well, that is he, entirely possible. He didn't even show up at our uh, 
<laughs> didn't even show up at our, at our um, time, Eddie, that he was supposed to be at. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was supposed to be there. Yeah, he was a no-show. Anyway. But no, I, I enjoyed... Uh... I enjoyed the look at fandom. I think we were uh, we were portrayed as a group very well. I think, yeah, I would. Agree with that, uh, yeah. that that was certainly a, a joyous thing to see on camera. Um, and that that uh, that god awful Marriott carpet that brought back a lot of fun memories <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, there was there was scenes that I was familiar with, and I mean, I wasn't there at the time, but having been to Galley before and seeing, like you said, that carpet. And the uh, lobby and the foyer and you know, all that 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 um, hallway, you know, that kind of goes mm-hmm. and wraps around. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been there, been in that hotel, been at a convention there, as a matter of fact. And as someone who has not been to Galley, it kind of felt like a like I like I I was there to some extent. Like mm-hmm. I kind of got a, a a good gist of what it would be like to go to Galley, mm-hmm. a good feel for it. Well, get your tickets a couple weeks away. <laughs> don't think that's gonna happen. If I yeah, win, Jody Wicker. If I win the lottery, and they just announced Chris Jindal, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, if I win the lottery in the next <laughs> week and a half, two weeks, then I'll buy tickets and hotel rooms for everybody. That's 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 a date. It'll be my turn to be the guy on the couch yelling at Jindal. So why did you do this again? <laughs> <laughs> I just hope people are nice. I think they will be for the most part. I think I, th- I think Galley's a pretty. Uh, Pretty friendly crowd. I think so too. You know, I thought uh, you know on the whole, I thought it was a, a well produced. I, I agree with all the points that you know maybe it jumped around a little too much and it uh, lacked a little bit of focus. But I thought it was well produced, and uh, uh, certainly you know I'm, I'm glad to hear that Keith, you had a uh, uh, you felt like you were there reaction because I know I certainly did, and that's something I was going to ask is you know uh, on, on Glenn's part if it was may- maybe just seeing Tardis Tara. And uh, Sean Lyons and, you know, all these uh, Ken Deep and all these people that I kind of sort of know through the convention and seeing them show up in this documentary made it a little more of a, a familiar atmosphere, you know. But uh, I'm glad to hear that you had kind of a similar reaction, even though you hadn't been. And we really need well, to remedy that. We really need I, to get you there. I kind of know of these people and, you know, have followed them in social media. So it's cool to know some of those faces already as they show up or know the name of go. Oh, I've heard that name. That's what they look like. Oh, OK. Cool. I also thought it was just fascinating, and I kind of wish there was a little more of it, but I know why they didn't include it, was him talking about, you know, his thought process behind the writing of it and why he wrote what he wrote. You know, not that we have any issues with it, but it's always fascinating to hear those sort of, you know, thought processes and, oh, I, well, we were trying to do this, and I wrote it like this because of this, and I thought that was really interesting to listen to. But... I, again, that was another thing that I didn't. I think they could have gone further with, and they could have yeah, been a they lot could have more. Done a lot more of. Yeah, they could have been a lot more. Um, they could have driven down to that more and, and and gotten a lot more out of him for where he was coming from when he was putting it together, because it, with what they gave us, it was almost like wetting my appetite, and I don't feel. I felt like that was where I wanted more, and I felt like they didn't spend enough time there. Uh, basically allowing him to justify his motives. And I just, I didn't feel like there was enough of that either. So on the other side of that coin though, I also didn't like the guy on the couch attacking him about it all either. So, and that was kind of in that same segment. I I didn't like it either, but I kind of also felt like that was necessary. But again, and I think Sean put it, or one of you guys put it very well, that, that maybe that should have been sooner 
in the in the in the narrative of everything so that you know you could come around and kind of soften that a bit but it, i i like the fact that there you you've got to have some conflict when you're putting something like this together because you yeah. have to have the other side saying this is what you you know you ruin this you, we this is what we don't like you have to have that so that you can you know give your view of it and they utilized that they utilized that uh they were right to utilize that. They just utilized it. I think I felt in the wrong place. So, yeah, I don't I want to sound to like I'm. Te- line. I don't want to sound like I'm tearing the the, the document down because it's, I think it's a fine documentary, and I think they 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 do a good job. I just I, there was a lot more I wanted from it. Yeah, I think you have to toe the line between some of that because while I agree, I would have absolutely loved more about the writing process and his justification for things and where he was pulling from. Then you start to get into the, well, is this a documentary about Matthew Jacobs coming back to Who fandom through conventions? Or is this a documentary about the making of Doctor Who the movie? And I I, I understand that you can go too far to one extreme or the other, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, um, I would agree that, and, that, could, uh, yeah, that, that could happen. Um, and now, as somebody who loves Doctor Who the movie and has gone over all of the bonus features multiple times. This I, was new I, stuff I hadn't heard before. <laughs> exactly. I, I could have totally had more of that yeah. and, and been fine with it, uh, especially if it was then used as bullet points to maybe counter some of the, well, we didn't like this argument. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of get why maybe they shied away from it. Um, it, was, it was also fascinating listening to the one guy talk about the point of why f- the, he thought fandom was, was so adverse to the kiss. That, yeah. <laughs> you know, that makes the doctor not theirs anymore. That was absolutely fascinating and a really good point. Yeah. I thought that was spot on. That's true. It's interesting that I completely disagreed with him when he said it, but, at, uh, but I was also like, wow, really? You feel that way? I mean, okay, I guess kind of, I can see where you're coming from, but <laughs> That, that's that's, all that's what's upset you? Level. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> totally I was a little surprised, too, that they spent as much time on the gunfighters. And I, I, I don't want to say that it wasn't necessary, because obviously that experience with his dad being on Doctor Who and him going to the set shaped a lot of what, you know, would become Matthew Jacobs' screenwriter. Uh, but it really kind of seemed like they kept going back to the well with that one. And that, that for me was a little frustrating. It was like, okay, we get it. Well, you know? I only, I, I wonder if we feel that way because they did that to kind of, as you said, establish the, where he had come from as a writer. But I think also they had, they revisited that. I think the reason it feels that way is because that was one of the um, panels that he was, uh, not presenting, but he was part of with, with Steve Stransky. Yeah. That was, that was that what they mm-hmm. were doing there. And so they kind of had to come back around to it there where he was talking about it. So I don't feel like they did. I don't, I think they did enough with that, but I don't think they did. I didn't feel like it was, I didn't feel like it was too much or they were revisiting that well too often. <clears throat> I could be wrong, but I, I, I didn't get that impression from it. Of course, I, you know, I love the gunfighters, so. <laughs> Glenn's over here chomping at the bit going, yeah. why don't you talk more about the gunfighters? I want the documentary making of that one. 
Gunfighter recollections from a seven-year-old. Yes, more of this. <laughs> no, I just, I, I just feel like maybe it had, that was, for me, that was an element of the pacing that may have been just a little off for okay. the, the, the way that was structured. But I said, on, on the whole, I was a big fan of this documentary. I thought it was a very touching tribute, and I, yeah. I, I appreciated it. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you got coming up next on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up next on the schedule, we go back into uh, the war. Which war? The time war. <laughs> I forgot which war we were going to for a moment. Uh, we start Act 3 uh, with The War Doctor Begins, founded in Fire, which is the first box set. Uh, and uh, not John Hurt, correct? This is the uh, the other guy? Correct. This is... Uh, correct. Oh, gosh. I've his name escapes me, but yeah, this is the guy that sounds like uh, John Hurt, but not actually John er, Hurt. Er, Early War Doctor, so younger version of John Hurt, if you will. Yeah. And then uh, we are going to move on from there into a fun reoccurring segment for this year, celebrating the 60th anniversary, which it seems weird to say that in a way, but uh, it is 2023, so we are officially in the... Uh, the 60th year, although Glenn will will argue pedantics on that one. <laughs> no, we're uh, in the year. We are. I, I would I would agree with that. It's not the millennium all over again. No, no. <laughs> you don't have to worry. Yeah, about, that's right. You don't, you don't have to worry about a zero year argument here. That's right. I'm whipping that dead horse. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, the evolution of the diamond logo and. Uh, how much uh, we'll probably just uh, fan all over the the new one because I think we're all uh, on the same page with that, right? But uh, we have several of those kind of uh, tie-ins planned uh, that we will sprinkle throughout the course of the year, so you can look forward to that. Got some book reviews. Got some uh, recaps of classic episodes. Got some comic stuff coming up. So all all, all good. Lots of fun stuff on the horizon. Oh, we always do fun stuff. What am I talking about? We do always do fun stuff. We do. And you can find us on our website, travelingthevortex.com. If you get any value out of this podcast, please consider putting some value back into it. You can do that by clicking on the Patreon link on the website and consider supporting us. When you become a patron of the podcast, you unlock more audios and specials by us. Um, In fact, uh, just recently, this week, last week, uh, we've uploaded a um, what we're calling the home version of the Great Traveling the Vortex uh, quiz show. Uh, we are doing the uh, Great Traveling the Vortex trivia quiz, and it's a series of 10 questions. And uh, we give you the questions, and then we come back and give you the questions along with the answer. And that's something that we're going to probably try to put up uh, once a month. So we'll have one, and each of us will take turn hosting one of those. And so it's, it's just a fun little way to test your doctor who trivia knowledge. And then of course, uh, we've got other reviews and other things, lots of fun things planned that are, that are headed that way as well. So it definitely gets your uh, best value for your buck that way. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to podcasts and make sure you join in on the conversations in our listeners forum on Facebook. Before we close this one, anything else we need to touch on before we leave? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. 
Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.